All right. Well, hello. Great to see everyone. Welcome to Christ Central. My name is Joe Crummy. I'm going to be speaking today from the Bible, from the book of Acts. And as we start, I have a question for you. And uh, for those here in Clark Street, you can maybe answer, at least think about it. Online, you can be thinking about it. And the question is this. Have you ever been part of an, maybe an organization or a group or a sports team or a company or a school where you searched to try to find another group that was similar to yours that might be a good model for you to follow? Has anyone been part of a group organization who's done that? Hugh, you're all about that, aren't you? Finding top 50 workplaces and following best practices. And Gary, I know when he was involved in school, doing a model school, both in sort of building, but also in how they did things in sports. Hugh, I'm looking at you again. The Patriots, come on. I'm sorry, Phil. The Jets are the team that you do not want to model yourself after, and the Patriots are a dynasty that you do want to, and so some people, that's going right over your head, but you model yourself after the winning team, not after the sort of losing team, and it's kind of like that sometimes in church life as well. We can look for churches that are a model for us to be able to sort of emulate and to follow them. And we see that in today's reading. We've got the Antioch Church, which we first learned about last week from uh, Acts chapter 11, and Mark uh, took us through that. They're one of the model churches in the Bible for, uh, that are a great example for us to follow, even 2,000 years later. And there's lots of principles we can learn to sort of seek to replicate from them. And last week from Acts 11, if you remember Barnabas was sent from Jerusalem to go and find out what, were ha what was happening in Antioch, that there were Christians now in Antioch, which was incredible. And we saw that they were like a model in grace, that the grace of God was found amongst them, that they were a model in leadership and how Barnabas and Paul went there for a year to teach. And they were a model in giving, how Agabus came, predicted this famine was coming to Jerusalem, how they took up an offering to give to their brothers and sisters in Christ there. And today we're going to continue to learn about this church. So that's the context. Barnabas and Paul have gone to Jerusalem with this offering to be able to give to help the church locate it there. And so they're on a road trip, and this is where we pick it up. So the words will be up here on the screen. This is Acts, the end of Acts chapter 12, and then into the first few verses of Acts 13. So this is what we read. But the word of God continued to spread and flourish. And when Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem taking with them John, also called Mark. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. And when they arrived in Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. So we're going to take a look at today is we're going to just take a look at some things and how this church in Antioch was a model for us. So this is my prop to help you remember, okay? So in case you missed this, these are our new softball jerseys. They're looking pretty sharp, aren't they? So I'm going to try to, maybe I'm going to put it behind me. But our first thing that we're going to take a look at is the church in Antioch was a model in worship. So the reason why I have this out is because this is going to represent worship being at the heart 
at the center of who we are as Christians. So let me just set that back here, help you with that. So we read this, while they, and that means the whole church, were worshiping the Lord and fasting. So we see that the whole church put a priority and a value on seeking God together in worship, just like we are doing today. And we're not necessarily sure from this passage what that exactly looked like, but we have some examples from other New Testament books with some key components. But we see this, worship was a key part of the Antioch church. Earlier in the Bible, we read this. Jesus said this in John 4, 23. He says this, the Father, as God the Father, is seeking worshipers who will worship in spirit and in truth. You know that God the Father is seeking worshipers who will worship in spirit and in truth. People that will love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And as we explore the Bible more, we begin to see that worship is a choice. Worship is a sacrifice. Worship is a delight. Worship involves our physical bodies. Worship can involve our emotions and our head and with knowledge and understanding. And we see in the Bible that translated into English is the word worship, but in Greek and Hebrew and that, there's all kinds of different words that mean different aspects of worship that only get translated one way in English. One aspect of worship is this, it's the whole of our lives. That's why we're saying Christ is central in our church and in our lives. The whole of our lives, our priorities, our values, our attitudes, our words, our actions, our lifestyle choices, how we use our money and our time, everything about our lives is an act of worship to God. But another aspect of worship is this, it's drawing near to God. It's being close to God. It's experiencing God. It's us knowing God and God knowing us. And an aspect of worship is we actually make time to spend time with God. So worship is, yeah, in our everyday life, at our workplace, sports, how, our, how we act, our attitudes, all of that. But another aspect of worship is this. We're actually going to make it a priority and we're going to set aside time just to focus on God. And we want to do that personally and we want to do that together. So one aspect of our church family is we set aside times to gather to be with God together. And I hope and I pray that you set aside time in your own daily life to be with God on your own as well. And sometimes that takes some planning. <laughs> that takes it being a priority. Sometimes it's spontaneous, and sometimes we have to book it in. And it involves sometimes us being private with God, and sometimes publicly when we're together. So what does this worship look like? Spirit and in truth. Worship is heartfelt. It's from the heart. It's God word. We start with God, who God is, and our praise and our thanksgiving. And we base that on God's character and attributes. So that's what we were doing here this morning, wasn't it? We're starting our worship time saying, God, we're declaring we are here for you. I mean, it's great that we get to see each other. That's kind of bonus. But why are we actually here? We're here to meet with the living God. And Emma started us off with Psalm 96, all about the character and glory of God reminding us why we're here. We start with songs that are declarative and tell the story of what God's done for us in Jesus. So even our second song this morning was all about the story of redemption, the story of the cross, and about who God is, what God has done. Our third song, we're talking about God, you, Jesus, you are worthy. 
and we're talking about what Jesus has done, what Jesus is doing, and what Jesus is going to do. It lifts us, doesn't it? It lifts our gaze, it lifts our vision, it lifts our spirit to remind ourselves of who God is, what God's done, what God's doing, and what God's going to do. All of this is based on Scripture, it's based on God's Word, and it requires a response. So we can respond, we can respond with clapping. Sometimes we can just respond, we're just still, we're just silent before God. Other times, we're shouting, we're dancing, it's expressive. Sometimes we cry, we lament, we weep. Sometimes we have all that within one song, isn't it? We're laughing, we're crying, we're silent, we're shouting. That's all in one song. And we're led by God's Spirit. God's Spirit reveals Jesus. God's Spirit magnifies Jesus. God's Spirit awakens us. It kind of sometimes we need a little wake up. We're like awakening our spirits. They're like, oh yeah, God, you're here. God, you're worth it. Holy Spirit brings conviction and empowers, releases spiritual gifts and testimonies just as Kenyunga shared. And one aspect that I just want to kind of highlight this morning from this passage of worship is this, and sometimes this one gets left out, the value and the priority of fasting. That's giving up something to spend more focused time with God. So that could be food, that's what a lot of people think, but also it could be this, we can fast the internet, we can fast social media, TV, just some busyness in our lives. We're going to say, stop, I'm going to purposely say no to some of these things in order to say yes to spending more time that's focused on God. And sometimes food's a good one, and sometimes I know people can't do it for health reasons, but for most of us, we can start small. We can take one meal and the hour that we might have spent at lunch, I'm going to spend just in time focused on God. And I can guarantee this, this is what will happen, okay? At minimum, at minimum, the next time you go to eat, you're going to pray and you're going to give thanks for what God has provided because then you're really, really thankful for that next meal. But fasting can get lost as a practice in our culture. And to be honest, we're very selfish. And so to give up something in order to spend time with God, that gets lost on us. But can I encourage this, this church in Antioch? They worship but they fasted. They gave up things in order to seek God. And we can do the same. We can start small, but we can grow and develop seeking and listening and enjoying God. This church in Anak was a model regarding worship. So they worshiped God. They fasted. What were they? Also, they were open to the Holy Spirit leading. God is seeking worshipers, and when we seek God, God meets us. In verse 2, it says this, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, God spoke. And folks, God speaks today. God leads us as his people. Yes, God is omnipresent. God is everywhere, absolutely. But God draws near. It's his manifest presence. God is near. He's alive. God is active. And when we have a relationship with God, God speaks to us and we get to speak to God. So can I encourage us in our own times with God, when we come together on a Sunday morning, when we come together in our life groups, when we come together to pray, let's come expectant to meet the living God. Can we encourage each other in that? Sometimes I need that. Sometimes I need someone to say, hey, 
we're going to meet God this morning. Like, oh yeah, we are, aren't we? <laughs> we're going to pray tonight. We're going to seek God. God's going to speak. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that's right. We're going we're gonna to seek God together. God's going to speak when we meet together. So let's come expectant in our own private times with God, whether we're together online, together in person. Let's come with our hearts open. Let's come expectant. I love this quote from Terry Virgo. He says this, a time of worship is a fresh opportunity to get to know God. I love that. A time of worship is a fresh opportunity to get to know God. Folks, we're a prophetic people. We get to hear God and speak out God's truth and God's heart. It gives purpose to our lives. It gives purpose to every day. That God, we want to be about worshiping you. We want to be about being led by your Holy Spirit. They're a model in worship. This jersey also reminds me of this, and this is our second point. They were a model in teamwork. So whenever I think sports, I think team and teamwork. I gotta show you the back as well. Did I show you the back? Isn't that team? I'm gonna put that one. Oh, that might not make it. Oh, it's all right. I'll keep it there. They were a model in teamwork. This church model and value team and teamwork. Just think, the prophets and teachers in the church were all together. And if we had more time to look back at Acts 11, we see this background of Antioch, as Mark mentioned last week. It's a very multicultural city, over 500,000 people. There's a variety of people, and God was at work bringing people from all different backgrounds to become followers of Jesus. And this church was led by this leadership team, a Barnabas who was from Cyprus, Simeon and Lucius were two Africans, we believe. Menaean was raised with royalty. Here's Saul, a former guy who persecuted the church, all working together. What a diverse leadership team. Jesus has been uniting different cultures and races for over 2,000 years. And in this local church, they had teams, they had elders who were shepherds of the flock. They were guarding and guiding and governing, being models to the church, appointed by the Holy Spirit. There were deacons who served with delegated authority and leadership roles. And we have that in our church and at men and finances and different ministries. We have worship teams who are built on character of following Jesus, who are gifted, anointed by the Holy Spirit to lead us as a church family and seeking God together, being sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we wait, sometimes we press on. We have servers like our AV team and our technicians and our setup crew so today, Graham and Josh, and here's Dave and Josh and Isaac and others serving behind the scenes, but so needed as part of the team. We have us as a church body that we're spirit-filled, we're spirit-led, and everybody who's a Christian has spiritual gifts that we can use to help build up the body and encourage one another. So we have gifts of teaching and administration and service and prophecy and discernment and all the other ones that are mentioned in God's Word, all working together to build up the body, to serve one another, to be a witness to this world around us. And a reminder, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, Paul says later, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Folks, that's a reminder. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy, because it builds up the body. Can I encourage us today? Let's be reminded. Let's eagerly desire spiritual gifts, because we want to work together as team. And we need everybody playing their part. And we love it when we work together and God is glorified and we benefit and it's a witness to this world. Moving on. This church was a model in worship, 
a model in team, in, t- in teamwork. And the jersey also reminds me of this. You gotta know baseball for this one. So if you don't know baseball, you gotta bear with me, okay? But in baseball, you've got coaches. You've got a coach in the dugout, but when you're, on the, when you're running the bases, you've got a coach at first base, and you've got a coach at third base because you don't always know what's going on. And the third base coach, especially if you're rounding second, heading towards third, your third base coach is either gonna do this. It's either gonna be hands up, stop, stop at third, don't go home, or it's gonna be like pointing towards home, one of these windmill, almost pulled my shoulder out just doing that, but one of these windmills is like, go, 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 go. Like, go home, go home. And they're waving you through. Or it's a stop, wait here. This church was a model church in sending. They were doing the go, 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 go. Because we read this. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. So just a couple things I want to focus on just in this whole thing of them being a model and sending. Briefly this, it's just they had the priority and the value of prayer. So after they, that's the church had fasted and prayed. Folks, I love this. Everyone's involved. We can all pray. Kids, youth, youngest, oldest in our church, we can all pray. We can pray on our own. We don't always be together. We can pray on our own. We can know the things that are going on in church life, and we can pray. We can pray as our life groups. We can pray on Zoom. We can pray when we're gathered as kids or as youth in our Sunday evenings. We gather with people from all around the world to pray together. So in our Christ Central family, we gather every month, and we're praying with people from the Ukraine and from Zambia, from Mexico, from literally all over the earth. And they're praying for us here in Fredericton and in Canada. We value prayer. And our ideal is this, is that we as churches, we want to pray and hear from God together. That we hear the Holy Spirit speaking and revealing and leading. And then we can also do this. We can fast and pray and test and weigh and confirm that the Holy Spirit is leading. And I just love the last, oh, well, I kind of love every time we gather for prayer, but the last few Sunday evenings we've prayed. A couple weeks ago we prayed for our whole crew that's going to Green Hill Lake Camp. And it was so great to pray together and to prophesy over different ones going to camp and to hear what God wanted to do. So encouraged. Last week, Peter, sorry to pick on you, but I just have to mention it. So Peter was just making a life decision and a big decision. And I just love it. Peter said, I want the church to gather and I'm, I'm asking the church to pray for me as part of hearing from God. So you can just go, you can go make your own decision or, I mean, what a great thing to say, I'm making a big decision. I got to gather the church to pray for me. That is what we love. And over the years, our church has made decisions based on prayer and praying together and seeking God. Big decisions, buildings, land, rentals, vision, strategy, even little decisions. And folks, we need to keep praying. And in the last 16, 17 months, you know, we realize church leadership and us as a body that COVID and everything's shown us some weaknesses, some vulnerabilities in our church life. And we recognize those, and we need to seek God. So awareness is key. So we're aware. You know what? We've, we've got some 
flaws in our system of how we make disciples. So we've become aware of that. COVID's revealed some things that's been a humbling thing. We don't always quite have yet what's the antidote, what are some of the answers to these things that God's revealed. So we are asking, as we pray together, as we seek God together, God, show us as a church, how do we better make disciples who make disciples who make disciples? And the last thing is this, as they prayed and as they sought God, they valued and they prioritized simply being obedient to God. When God said, send, guess what? They obeyed and they went. They placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. I love that. Not only did they hear, but they obeyed. And I love this. Do you see the partnership between the Holy Spirit and the local church? So it wasn't just the Holy Spirit, hey, we've heard from God, see ya. It was, no, the church is involved. The church prayed and fasted, discerned, laid hands, go. And we're going to see that they're going to come back and inform the church about what mission they've just been on. There's this partnership between the Holy Spirit and the local church. And we as followers of Jesus are all obedient in going to share the good news of Jesus. We're all sent once. So for those in Antioch, Barnabas and Saul went, but the rest of them stayed because there's still like 500,000 people in Antioch who needed to hear about Jesus. And as we send people from here, many of us, we need to stay here in the Fredericton area because our neighbors and our network of friends and the nations are here need to hear about Jesus. Our Green Hill Lake Camp crew this week, you guys are going. And you've got people coming who are going to, you're going to be both the hands and feet of Jesus, but the mouthpiece of Jesus in their lives. And we see that we go global as well. The nations need to hear. And as we say, the nations are coming here, but we believe, and as we've seen over the years, we are going to the nations. And the local church partners with the Holy Spirit in sending people to go. So for example, we sent many years ago, Martin and Ann Tupasing, Southeast Asia, who've been there about eight years now. And when they went, and we as a church are the sending church, so we support them financially, we pray for them, we encourage them, we send them emails and Zoom them and all that to encourage them. They've been there eight years and just starting to see after lots of plowing and sowing of just learning a language, learning a culture, serve, 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 pray, pray, pray. Just starting to see some fruit of God at work. So encouraging, but kudos to Martin and Ann for being obedient to hearing the go. And they've gone. They've been obedient, and we are part of that. We have some updates just to even provide today. So Gemma, as probably most of you know, is going to be heading out on August the 2nd. And for those of you who want the full story, listen to our most recent podcast. You can go to ChristCentral.ca, and there's a good interview there for about 30 minutes long that Gemma just shares her story, and she shared it with our fuel crew um, just a couple of weeks ago. And I've heard it many times, and even I was like still hearing again. I'm just like, oh, my God, how you called her and given her a prophetic word at a young age and how you brought her to Canada and how you're sending her on. And folks, we're a part of that. And we're going to be praying for her next uh, Sunday evening, July 11th. 
We've got updates. Kenyunga and Pamela. So Kenyunga came many months ago and just said, look, we're really trying to seek God for direction about Burundi. Are we supposed to move there? Are we supposed to just support from here? And he said, can we as a church pray? And so we took several of our prayer meetings and we purposely gathered and prayed and sought God together. And we believe God was speaking through life group and through us. And Kenyunga has given me permission just to share an update that I believe God has worked it out for Kenyunga to be able to go back to Burundi for at least a season to physically be there. So he's going on July the 14th, and God's made a way for Pamela and the kids to stay here, and we're a part of that, and we can continue to pray into that as God's heart through Kenyunga and Pamela is to serve there and to empower and to bring good news of the gospel, but to bring infrastructure and microfinance and all kinds of different aspects of the kingdom of God coming that we get to be a part of. I love that. Eight years old, hearing God's voice. Ten years old, hearing God's voice. Twelve years old, hearing God's voice. And then having to wait twelve years sometimes for things to actually come about. But how God's using her vocation, local church, all working together under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So encouraging. All right, so in closing, let's just remind ourselves of these things from the church in Antioch. Let's worship God together on our own and when we're able to be together. Let's draw near to God. Let's take a look at fasting. Let's remind ourselves that we can say no to some other things in order to increase our time seeking God. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. We can learn to hear God's voice. We want to work in team. We want to use our gifts with each other as we need each other. We want to be ascending church, praying together, hearing God together, obeying together, going together, both local and global. So here's some things you might be able to do this week, because when we hear God's word, we don't just hear it, we actually act upon it. We're doers of God's word. So this week, I'm going to give you some options for things you might want to consider to put into practice this week. Would you take some time this week and just reflect and wrestle through this example of church life from Antioch? And maybe how does this apply to us individually? Things about worship, fasting, prayer, being led by the Holy Spirit, team, going. But how does that apply to us together as well? How will you personally maybe make one adjustment to your life this week to better line up with God's word? Let me give you some examples. Maybe this week, maybe for the first time, you're going to give up one meal in order to spend more time with God. Or maybe you're going to give up one Netflix show in order to spend time with God. That's actually putting into practice these things. Maybe this week, maybe you realize, you know what? I haven't actually prophesied over for someone or for the church or brought anything on a corporate meeting or at a prayer meeting for like ages. God. You said, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. God, would you this week give me something to bring to the church? Would you give me something to bring to my life group? Maybe that's something that you can do. Maybe there's a friend who needs to hear your story. Can I ask you to, can you book out next Sunday evening, July 11th, to come and pray together? We're going to pray for Kenyunga. We're going to pray for Gemma. We're going to pray for Rebecca. We want to 
be part of us as a church getting behind them. So that might take some planning. You might have to cancel something. You might have to rearrange something. But here's a week's notice. Would you come next Sunday night ready to give and to get behind what God's doing for us together as a church? Let's not miss out on God speaking. Let's not miss out as we worship together. Let's act on what God says. Let's be worshipers. Let's pray. Let's be led by the Holy Spirit. Let's go where God sends us to go individually and together. Amen? Amen. All right, let's stand. I just want to pray, and the worship team will come. So, Father in heaven, we just want to thank you so much that you're seeking worshipers. We thank you for this example from your word. And God, we want to be about applying all of these different things in our lives today, individually and together as a church. Lord, we just thank you again for what you're doing in Rebecca's life and, Lord, how you're knitting her in as a local church, Lord, to go to the nations. And, Lord, we want to get behind that and with Kenyanga and Gemma and others. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're sending us right here into our neighborhoods with our neighbors, our network of friends. Lord, the nations are here. God, we're all included. So, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us, continue to lead us, guide us, and give us courage to obey wherever you send us, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.